Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. I'm so excited to be hanging out with you guys today and to welcome a very special guest, Liz Cholhan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks Jen for so much for having me here. I just, yeah, what a joy it is to be here. Thanks. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to read Liz's bio really quick. We're going to get into our intro question. And then I have a super exciting announcement for you guys. And then we're going to chat all things positioning, attracting high-ticket clients. What does that even mean? Niching, all of that stuff. And I'm so, so excited to have Liz here. So Liz Cholhan is a brand designer, business owner, and a design and business coach, wife, and mom. She has a passion for strategic thinking and creative solutions and loves teaching other designers how to scale and grow their businesses by unlocking their full business potential to get back their time. Welcome. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have been in business for a really long time. I saw on your Instagram that you've been doing this for over 10 years. So before we get into all of the other stuff, just a quick question to follow up on your bio How do you feel like the landscape of brand and web design has changed over the years? Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's just changed so much, right? Like, I I feel like there are definitely themes that stay. There's the foundational things that do, uh, that are timeless. But then, in the same sense, too, there's a lot that's ever changing and ever growing and ever evolving, which I think in a lot of ways makes it really exciting, right? I think as creatives, we're, We love that um, excitement of learning and trying new things. And so instead of seeing it as something that's bad of like, oh man, I always need to be chasing after what's new. It kind of drives this excitement of learning and being able to push yourself creatively and um, push yourself, I think, just into what you are able to do as a designer and as a creative. Wow. I love that so much. And I feel like I see new designers joining us every day. I mean, I literally see it from our our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash better brand designer. If you guys are not already in our group, you guys are just, there's just so many designers from the corporate space who are looking at what we're doing and, you know, looking to us, looking to you guys listening and thinking, wow, like, like I could do that, you know? And so, you know, it probably, when you started back in the day, like there were only like a handful, you know, because I know a couple of other designers who've been doing it for, you know, around 10 years and it was not the same (laughs) as it is now. No. Yeah. And I just, I love that as well. I love seeing people, you know, have these dreams and being, just have that, that boldness and braveness to say, okay, I'm going to chase after this. And there's a lot of unknown territory with that, right? It's, it's a lot of unknown territory to be able to, try to run your own business and embark on that. But gosh, it's just, I just commend people for stepping out into that and chasing after their dreams. Yes. And that is what this podcast is all about. Absolutely. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Okay. You guys, you love the intro questions. Our little icebreaker. So Liz, what is your home decor aesthetic and how is that influenced by your design aesthetic? Such a good question. So 
<laughs> we actually, we just moved into a new home about a year ago and we did a ton of work to it when we first moved in. I think we painted every single room and you know, got all new furniture. It was really fun, but it definitely is pretty, I would say, Scandinavian, probably, of flares, mid-century flares. We love just the white walls with, you know, the wood accent tones, a little bit of oranges and greens and clean lines. So it's just funny because describing that, I feel like I'm also describing a lot of my designs. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, like, I think it's so similar just from looking at some of your work. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And it's just, it's fun how we, you know, we, we have those things that we tend to gravitate towards as designers. And I think that's something that we've always loved is just the mid-century Scandinavian earthy tones, but also just some bright whites and yeah. I can picture it right now. I love that. And I think it's so cool to see designers. I don't know if you've seen some people in our space, the boutique space going out and doing like Airbnbs or doing renovations or doing like property investments and then doing the interior design. And I mean, that's top of mind for me yes. right now. Obviously, you guys know I'm building a home right now. We just went through the selection process, picking out paints and trim and finishes and cabinets. And, you know, like I would say that my home decor aesthetic is definitely modern farmhouse, but make it colorful. Yeah. You don't necessarily think that modern farmhouse would have a lot of color in it because it's kind of this like rustic, like lots of blacks and whites. A lot of the selections that I did make were more neutral, like blacks, whites, and grays with of course, natural wood beams in the vaulted living room, which is like one of my splurge points on the new build because I love an exposed beam. But in terms of like filling the home with furniture and maybe getting some fun wallpaper. You guys know it's going to be so colorful. I'm yeah. I'm just really excited to see once the home is built, like what inspires me mm-hmm. and then also be able to mix things up because I feel like as designers, like, I don't know about you, Liz, but I redesign my website like every couple <laughs> months. Which, like, Absolutely. <laughs> it's all of our toxic traits. I was talking yes. to my production designer, Lauren, the other day, and she's like, is it bad that I just redesigned my website? And I think I want to rebrand. I was like, no, relatable. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So. Yeah, and I think that that's the cool thing as creatives, right? It's it's like the creativity doesn't stop when we step away from brand design or web design, right? There's so much that cr- mm-hmm. of the creativity that overflows to other aspects. Like I even find myself with cooking, right? Like wanting to get yeah. creative with recipes. And, and I love that too about your home is having, I think as designers, like this vision for, okay, these elements may not, quote unquote, seem like they should fit together, but I can envision it. I'm going to bring that to life. And what a cool thing for you and your home. I I know the process is so similar. I feel like to the creative process on the brand and website, you know, where you, like you said, you have a vision and then how to bring that vision into reality. It's just kind of physical and extremely expensive. I mean, branding a website design can be expensive too, but it's just kind of a different thing. And I work with a ton of interior designers as clients. And so like, I draw that comparison constantly, like on sales calls, et cetera. When I am, you know, if they are curious about my process, you know, I'll say, Hey, I mean, your process is probably really similar. Here are the phases. It's all about curiosity, you know, like at the end of the day. Absolutely. Okay. Love that. (laughs) When I started my design business, I felt really alone. 
it felt really freeing to be a solo designer. But at the same time, I had no idea if I was undercharging, if I was even asking for the right amount, if I was giving the right deliverables. Everything felt super foggy. Marissa and Kinsey from The Brief Collective felt the exact same way. And they started something for people like us. The Brief Collective is an educational brand for designers. And their signature offer is the Design Biz Academy which is really cool. It has courses for all levels and all budgets. So if you're newer and you're not looking to make that big of an investment, but you still need some support, they have something for everyone. They also have courses that are not just focused on the business side of education, but they also have a course on Illustrator. They have a graphic design course so that you can brush up on your skills or acquire new ones. One brief collective member, Kaylee, went from charging $90 to charging thousands for her branding package. And another went from $30 to having a $3,500 minimum for branding, which is amazing. Brief Collective students, they come up with the confidence to make these financial strides. But at the same time, which I think is even more important and more valuable, they feel really supported and make genuine lifelong connections in a really safe and inclusive science space. In the Design Biz Academy university level, there are assignments that you can work on alongside other designers, exclusive job opportunities through their community, and they have a really cool interactive workshops where you can practice things like sales calls with your fellow students. Make your investment back in one client project after graduating from the Design Biz Academy. They're giving you guys an exclusive 10% off discount to the Design Biz Academy university level with the code BETTERDESIGNER. That can be used during their enrollment period of January 22nd through 27th, 2023. That's 10% off Design Biz Academy University with the code BETTERDESIGNER. Check it out. All right, I have an announcement for you guys. This is something I've been teasing for a little bit and you guys might have seen on my close friends' stories. Side note, if you're a designer and you're following me on Instagram at Creative and you are not a close friend of mine, please DM me or something. Tag me on Facebook. My close friends is for designers only. And that's a fun place where I can share behind the scenes content. I take pictures of my computer all the time, showing you guys what I'm working on. So definitely shoot me a DM if you're not on my close friends and you're a brand and web designer. Hopefully you are if you're listening. I am so excited to announce that my signature group and one-to-one hybrid program. The Design Mini Mind is currently open for applications. This has been something in the works, man, all year. I've been mentoring other designers for over a year now, and I've had such an amazing experience. But the one thing that I got from them and from other people that you know I had conversed with on Instagram and social media was that they were really missing kind of that group element to the one-to-one. And so I thought, what better way to do things my way? I love small, intimate groups. I, As much of the theater kid as I am, I still prefer a small group of like, you know, six to 10 people in a cozy room. Like that's totally my vibe instead of like a packed, you know, club or something like that, (laughs) for lack of a better word. I'm still offering one-to-one, but I wanted to create a small group program with a one-to-one element. And over the next few episodes, I'll be sharing little tidbits about the program. So this is eight designers max. It's a six-month program. You get one-to-one Voxer access with me, which is 
a really fun way to chit chat with me. It's a, a, a voice memo app. Um, but then there'll also be a really small community hosted in Circle. There will be a curriculum with themed modules per month that you can watch at any time. I'm thinking moms who are busy, who want to reduce their workload, but take on maybe higher paying clients, increase their net revenue, decrease their hours working. It's just going to be kind of the best of both worlds between having me as your one-to-one mentor in your pocket whenever you have a thought that you want to run by me and being able to work alongside other designers who are in a similar similar life and business stage. So more to come, but the link to apply is in the description of this episode. And you can also find it on my website, hellojunecreative.co slash mini mind. So excited to hear any questions you guys have and see your applications come through. Love that, Jen. I just, yeah, I'm so excited for you with this program. It sounds amazing. And gosh, yeah, it's just going to be so incredible for designers to be able to step into that. Thank you. Yeah. This is uh, something I've been excited about for a while. And I feel like it just, like, this is what lights me up. Like you guys know how much I love design, but like, I love mentoring other designers. Mm -hmm. Like it's just the mom in me. It's the mentor in me, like watching my design mentees soar and say higher prices than they ever have before and book those proposals and change the way that they work. Like I have one student right now, she's working two days a week. She just converted her highest paying client. Like that type of stuff fuels my soul, not because of the money piece. I mean, that's exciting, but she has the confidence now to do that and say those numbers. And that's the same space, I believe, Liz, that you coach from as well, because you're also a designer coach. Yeah. No. And I love that you say that, right? Like it's, it's so exciting to see people realize that they're you know, there's so much, they're so capable of so much more, right? Than they believed that they could achieve in their business. And to be able to be like, no, you can chase after this and see them chase after that and, you know, go for those things and book those clients. It's just so exciting. And again, kind of like you were saying, right? It's not necessarily tied exactly to the money piece. The money is, you know, part of running a business, of course, but it's so much more. It's it's having that confidence. It's achieving, you know, the type of work life balance that you want to. It's there's just so many layers to the coaching aspect that is so amazing to see. So, yes, and it's oh, it's just been I've had such a blast with my one to one students, yeah. and I'm excited to kind of open that up to be able to serve more people, but in still a really really small container. So. Absolutely. All right, so. Positioning. This has been a topic that our listeners have been extremely curious about. And from personal experience, positioning is what has catapulted my business to the place that it is right now. Yeah. And so I would love to start out talking about positioning. We'll kind of move to the second question that I have in my list because I kind of want to dive into that. Yeah. How do you define that? What is positioning to you? How is it different from niching? There's just so much that goes into it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, positioning really, when it boils down to it, positioning is the place that you occupy and the place that you take in the hearts and minds of 
your target audience, right? And so something cool that I have heard is that people can remember about seven things in one category. And so really our minds, I think it ranges actually from about five to nine, but the sweet spot is about seven. And so positioning is saying, okay, I'm going to be one of those seven things in a specific area for my target audience so that I come top to mind and I resonate with them in their hearts and minds. And so it's it's the position that you take in their hearts and minds. And niching and positioning, they often are, I think, used interchangeably. And they do work hand in hand, right? So there are, there is an aspect where they, of course, work hand in hand. And really what it comes down to is niching is choosing the market that you want to show up So you can think about niching as like when you go into your email list and you segment it down, that is in a lot of ways what niching is. And positioning is then how, the how you want to show up to that market. Ooh, I like that. So the positioning is the what and the niching is the how. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Because I've always felt like niching is typically associated with an industry where a lot of newer designers will come in and think like, man, do I really have to only serve food trucks or hair salons? You know? And it's like, no, the answer is no, you don't have to pick an industry niche. I don't have an industry niche, but if you want to, and that is the type of people that you attract and the type of clients you love to work with, then I know many designers who have gone with an industry niche and been extremely successful. And so positioning, I just feel like is so much more broad and can include so many more of those little, little angles, like you said, and that seven things that, I mean, there's seven digits in a phone number, right? You know, wait, wait, no, there's not. There's, there's not, there's, well, there's, there's seven there's digits seven in, in like the last the, part of this. Yeah. <laughs> there's seven, I'm like, guys, did you know that there's seven digits in a phone number? Like, no, after the area code. Okay. There is seven. Yes. <laughs> there is seven. Well, I mean, and you can group certain elements together. There's a lot of that right. in psychology, but I think that is so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, like I think about like tabs open on a browser and I think I've used this metaphor before in the past, how is your website or your brand or your messaging or your positioning, how is that going to stand out amongst the other six browser tabs that a potential client has open? Yeah, exactly. And I love using this analogy too. Um, I heard this recently. I can't remember where, but um, it just resonated so much, right? Where you think about walking down a grocery store aisle and say you're walking down the aisle of chips, right? Like the chip aisle. And there's something about the one specific chip brand or crunchy, salty food that resonates with you and that you pick and that that you then you remember. And so then, then you go back to the grocery store and then miss that whole aisle of salty snacks that you could choose from. You go to that one that you remember. And in the same point, I think it speaks to encouragement of when you're developing your positioning, right? That there is a whole aisle of you know, salty snacks. And yet there are still companies out there that are creating innovative ways and unique ways to show up in that space and on that aisle to still stand out. Wow. That's so amazing. I yeah. think about that when I go to Target. I yeah. <laughs> love doing font, font research and inspiration at Target. There's all these new like mini brands popping up and you know, there is something, of course, I'm attracted to all of the ones that have gorgeous packaging of and that course. are colorful. And if they use like lime green and tan, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm into this. But for other people, there could be different things that stand out. Yeah. And I feel like as designers, it's about 
understanding your audience enough to know what those things are that they're going to be looking for. And I think that just comes from time. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have been possible if I had gone back to year one, Jen, and said, oh, find your positioning. Right. Because I hadn't had those conversations with both clients that booked and clients that rejected me. Yeah. I find rejections such incredible market research because I ask those questions. I say, what was the reasoning behind this? Like what initially attracted me to you? Like I've had clients tell me specific pieces of copy or social media posts or whatever. Like, Hey, I saw you posted about this thing and I just really resonated with it. It's like, okay, well I need to move more in that direction. It's just, it's something that has built up over time. And I feel like that kind of leads into me, you know, kind of doing this out of order, learning more about your positioning for high, low and how that has kind of transformed over the, you know, 10 plus years that you've been in business. So a little bit of backtracking, but I would love to hear about your design journey through the lens of finding your positioning and what that looked like for you. Yeah, no. And it's so true. I love what you said about just researching and using opportunities as a way to gather information because right positioning really is to a culmination of strategy right it's taking the strategy behind things and putting it into the position in which we want to set forth and so with strategy there's there's research there's asking questions there's getting to know the target audience and their pain points and their desires and what they value and that does come through time and research and understanding your target audience, understanding your competitors, all of that. So <laughs> anyways, but yeah, to get to your question, gosh, um, Hilo was the same, right? So we, when we started Hilo, um, I started it with my husband about 10 years ago and we did not have any positioning at all. We started as just the... Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> we were just like... You know, we're going to market ourselves as the the one stop shop type designers, um, and you know it worked for a little bit, but we eventually just started to naturally niche down, and that was kind of the first step in the process. Is I think through realizing okay our strengths, but also what was in demand in the area that we were working and the people that we were you know working for. And so we started natural, naturally niche down into brand identity design. And we loved that, but there was part of us that wanted to offer more of just a holistic brand experience. And so that's really then where we stopped and took a step back and really looked at, okay, we're kind of naturally fitting into this spot, but we now want to actually position ourselves in a place as brand designers. And so how do we do that? And so um, we did just a ton of research. We did a ton of, you know, looking at our internal business. We asked our clients, you know, a ton of questions just about us and, you know, their perspective anyways. And that's where we were able to really figure out a position for Hilo. And the cool thing is, is like that has, there's been elements that have now standed with that position for, that was about six years ago, five, six years ago, but there's also elements that have changed and grown, right? Like brands are, you know, in a lot of ways, like they Living evolve. And yes. Yeah. yeah. And so there's been mm-hmm. parts that have grown and evolved, but really there's been that foundation, which has provided so much clarity in our business. And now it's cool because as now I'm embarking on this, you know, the courses and coaching and all that in our business, there's a whole new positioning, right? And so in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. starting that 
with something fresh from this different perspective of the business. And so I think that's just, anyways, just something to think about too, right? Like you may have a position for different aspects of your business if they're very different. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. I love how you let your positioning find you. Yeah. I feel like there's just this narrative of designers wanting to force it and feeling like they should, you know, we call it don't should all over yourself, you know, like (laughs) that type of thing. Like I heard that. So I didn't make that up. Someone made that up and I was like, that's genius. (laughs) But like, that's the same way that I, you know, approached my positioning. And I'm curious to hear like, if you have like a mission statement or like a tagline or something that you feel like really encapsulates your positioning, not only because I'm curious, but also like, I would love to share mine um, so that a listener who's totally confused and or has no sense of what their own positioning is can see some examples. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I'll do both, right? So for our client side of things, so Hilo Designs, where we're working with clients to build out their brands, ours is for visionary businesses wanting to break out of the industry mold. We are a branding and design studio that designs holistic brands through deep-rooted strategy to connect you to your audience and customers. And I then, yeah, so really focusing in on, you know, our, our heart behind that was working with the visionaries, right? So industry leaders, mm-hmm. focusing on brand strategy, and they're wanting to break out of the mold, right? Do something different, do something that hasn't been done before in their industry. And so then for our high-low courses, which is our courses coaching program, that is working with brand designers to unlock their full business potential so that they can get back their time. Oh, I mean, like that's, I love those statements. I mean, like I, you guys listening might know I'm, I have a journalism background. That's where my degree comes in. I've actually been dabbling in a little bit of copywriting for my clients, yeah. just felt new and fresh. And, you know, I'm kind of really just trusting myself there. Typically I work with, you know, subcontract copywriters, but I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this a stab. I love how efficient your language is and how intentional every single word has been because yeah. it's easy to say a lot, but it's not easy to say a lot with a little, yeah. you know? And I yeah. feel like that's where web design is going. I mean, people don't read websites anymore. They want to look at a headline and see a call to action. You know, there's not really a ton of body copy, right. at least being read by people. I mean, what, we get like two seconds to capture someone on the the above the fold portion of a website yeah. now due to the like research. And now like only what less than 20% of people are even looking on a desktop. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of crazy, but yeah, just something that I notice about your messaging and also other designers where I'm like, they've got that on lock is just how efficient everything is. It's like, yeah. I feel like I have a great understanding of what you, not only what you provide, but what your intention is too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not just about money. It's about a transformation. It's about realizing your dream. It's about getting your time back, you know? And I think that shift from selling design or selling coaching or whatever it is, your interior design, shifting from the deliverable to the vision. I mean, we talk about that in our value-based pricing episode. You guys can go back and listen. Like that is powerful. And I feel like that is a, you know, a great way to use your positioning to increase your sales, to say higher numbers, yeah. to attract those high ticket clients, which is what this episode is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to share my little, I don't even know. It's like a vision mission 
statement yeah. or it's just a sentence that describes, I'm not giving, I'm not labeling it. I'm not labeling anything. <laughs> We're like, we had it. like all, we had mission, vision, USP and tagline. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of break it out and just put it in a one little sentence. Yes. So my Instagram bio reads laid back luxury brands for creatives with humble hearts and big visions. So there is that, that element of the visionary, you know, yeah. and it kind of breaks out of the mold of the, like, I do X for X so that they can X. But like, yes. that's a template for a reason because yes. it converts people, you know, it helps people see what you do beyond your deliverables. And then my tagline is where color meets class because my design style is a big, big part of my positioning. Yeah, And, you know, I actually got that term laid back luxury from many clients asking me for that type of design. I didn't invent that. That was something that I listened to my clients over time telling me, well, I want it to be elevated, but I don't want it to feel stuffy. Well, I want not like Chanel, but you know, not like Trader Joe's, you know, it's like that line between the two. And I'm like, laid back luxury. And they're like, yes, yeah. yes, that's what I want, you know? And so I've had clients tell me laid back luxury is what sold me because that's what I'm in pursuit of. And that's yeah. what made you stand out. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into that type of stuff. No, it's so good. And such a good point too. I mean, I know we've touched on this already, but such a good point that the messaging, you know, in your positioning, might you might already have it. You just don't even know, right? Yeah. And it's through conversations mm-hmm. with, you know, past clients or even just close friends that, you know, it's like that light bulb of, oh, it's been sitting there the whole time and it's just now capturing that and bringing that into something that is solidified as my positioning and like anchor statement. Yeah. Like uh, people call it an elevator pitch. Yeah. And it doesn't have to sound like a pitch, but like imagine there was a captive group of potential ideal clients and they all were looking at you waiting for you to tell them what you do and who you are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we'll we'll talk about messaging in a second too, because I feel like they're so deeply intertwined, but like, that's the power of positioning is Mm -hmm. for a client to know that you are for them and you're not going to design something that's different than what they want or like they are for you too. That's yeah. it, It's helpful both ways in knowing like, does this client align with my positioning for me? Like, do they love color? Are they looking for that luxury design style? Like, do they love typography? Like, do they resonate with my past work? What past work do they like? Like, those are all questions that I ask clients either in my inquiry form or on my discovery call because we're trying to vet them as much as they're trying to vet us. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I think Absolutely. this could lead into the elements that you can use to yeah. include, like that you can include when it comes to crafting your positioning. We mentioned a couple. We right. mentioned industry. I touched mm-hmm. a little bit on design style, but Liz, I would love to hear you talk about kind of what those elements are and how they can be brought together to craft positioning. And the fun thing is that there's no wrong answer. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's so true. There's no wrong answer. And there's so many different avenues that you can take in order to, you know, figure it out. And really it is understanding your differentiator, right? Understanding what is unique about your, you know, unique about you, your approach, your take, your past, whatever it may be that lets you stand out and provide value for your clients, right? It's also about the value that you provide clients. And 
there's a thing about positioning that it's just as much about your clients as it is about you. And I know you were just even talking about that, yes. Jen. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, I guess just side note, right? Like I think when people are entering into just figuring out their positioning and all that, there is this fear of trying to go narrow, right? Because we yes. think that if we go narrow, then we're going to just stop, you know, it's just going to be everything bad. <laughs> When really the opposite is true, right? I love this saying. It's when we try to talk to everyone, we end up talking to no one. And so really it is kind of embracing that maybe a little bit of scariness, you know, of, okay, I'm actually going to get clear on this and go narrow because then within that narrowness, I'm going to be able to be seen as the expert and to be able to be, you know, top one of seven in that position. And yeah. So anyways, embrace the the point of going narrow, even if it feels scary. Yeah. And I know like you can always go back to. Exactly. Like I yeah. feel like a lot of designers, like they don't nail their positioning the first time. Right. And I feel like that's not talked about exactly. enough like in social media. Like people will try something. Like I used to niche into... Um, oh man, like there were so many. Like uh, beauty and lifestyle was one. Yes. And lifestyle. I mean, people have feelings about that word. Lifestyle feels broad to me. Um, what type of lifestyle homesteading or city life, you know, like there's, I feel like there's so much opportunity to go deeper there, but that was me being afraid Mm -hmm. to really put a label on myself because I did feel so new. That was like two years in like, you know, and that's changed and morphed. You can always go back to what you were doing before. You can try something else. I switch up my Instagram bio like constantly. You guys know I'm constantly updating my website, like changing things. I invested in not necessarily copywriting, although she did do my website homepage. Big shout out to Rachel from Layer Studio, L-A-E-R Studio. She and her team did kind of like a story messaging guide for Hello June that a lot of the positioning pieces that kind of I'm talking about today came from. They were the ones who crafted Where Color Meets Class for me, and they heavily influenced the other statement that I mentioned earlier. That was so different than what I originally went into it with. And I've even updated some things since then. Mm -hmm. So let it be flexible just because you try something out and you feel like it's not feeling right, doesn't mean that like you can't switch it up. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it, it's so true, right? And I think that's the beauty of, yeah, again, kind of just being in the creative space is allowing yourself, even that creativity with your positioning to be okay if it's something that grows and evolves. And then, you know, like before you know it too, at least for me, I don't know, Jen, if you can relate, but it kind of then comes to a point where you're like, oh, that really like is clicking. And, you know, years start to go by where you're like, oh, okay, this is really actually being that defining positioning within my business. But that's taken years to get there and that's okay. It's a gut feeling. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, that's the what I was thinking about when you were just saying that. It's like, that click, right? You can call it an intuitive hit. You can mm-hmm. call it, you know, feeling alignment. You can call it clarity. For so long, I knew intimately what it felt like to not be clear. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally found that positioning, that clarity, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is what everyone's talking yeah. about. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like, oh my gosh, like so many client inquiries. Like, I mean, 
yeah, it's great to have your finances popping off. Like it's great to have a ton of aligned client inquiries, but I feel like how you know when it's right it's got to be internal. It's mm-hmm. got to be something that comes from your heart. Like I'm, you know, I'm pointing to my heart. You guys yeah. can't see me right now, but like, it's got to be something that comes from within yeah. because when I feel alignment with my positioning, I'm going out and selling, I'm showing up. I'm excited about what I'm doing. I'm making content for social media. I'm feeling energized around pieces in my business that hadn't felt that energy in a long time because I felt like something was off. And so if you guys are feeling that way where you're like, if things feel muddy, I don't know if what I'm doing is moving the needle. Like, you know, maybe doing some soul searching around your positioning, writing out what you feel makes you unique from other people. Maybe that is something that, you know, you should look into. So I don't know about you guys, but I have been loving offering a semi-custom website design. That means that I grab a template, I customize it with the client's copy and their photos and their brand, and I'm able to offer them a price point that works for them while also staying extremely profitable on my end. My semi-custom sites are my most profitable offers. So I am so excited to tell you guys about the most beautiful Squarespace template shop from the Arcoides Design Co. They feature fully customizable templates with templated section design, which means that you can duplicate a page on Squarespace and the duplicated page will retain all of your styles. Not all templates do this and it's a huge time saver. My personal favorite template is the Taurus template. Very editorial, really big, beautiful fonts, but there really is truly something for every style here. Really bright, colorful templates, ones that are more muted, ones that are more maximalist and minimalist, but the style is absolutely gorgeous. Each template includes a copywriting workbook included with your purchase, which solves the biggest headache of every web designer out there, which is tracking your clients down, trying to get them to give you your copy. And each copywriting workbook is specific to the template, which really saves a ton of time and makes sure that you're not just going to be putting copy in like really weird places all over the site. It's going to be absolutely plug and play as soon as your client fills it out. Start offering accessible website projects for your clients at price points that are profitable for you because you can build the websites in only one week with these Squarespace templates. Get 30% off a template today with the code BETTER30 at spiritualwebdesign.com. That's 30% off. The code is BETTER30 and the website is spiritualwebdesign.com. Check it out and let me know what your favorite template is. So I know we've been talking about messaging and positioning. We've kind of like, you know, they've kind of been intertwining a little bit. I'm curious in terms of the way that you guys have crafted your positioning and your messaging, which of those came first for you guys? Did you do them together? What type of advice would you give to someone who is looking to establish positioning, but also does not have hard messaging kind of written out? Yeah. So for us, we've always taken the approach, I guess you could say, of just having our positioning set in place first, because once we have that positioning, then that can filter and it can be a filter for your messaging, for your portfolio. And really, it just does provide so much clarity and so much, I think, foundational you know, pieces that you can build off upon for your messaging. And it really gives you that that anchor. It's that point of reference, right? So instead of just writing messaging that 
you know, writing messaging, I guess, for messaging's sake, it's writing messaging with the intention of, okay, this is going to point back to my positioning or reflect my positioning and support my positioning. And so it just helps bring clarity to the messaging that you're writing, which also I love too, because, you know, it just helps to in a lot of ways, streamline things as well in your business because you don't have to feel like you're second guessing or it gives you that that place and positioning gives you that anchor where you can have that foundation and be confident in the decisions that you're making in your business because you know they're going to point back and reflect, be reflective of your positioning. Yes, absolutely. I feel like when I was working with um, my copywriter on kind of just this story, like brand story and some of those other pieces, like that's what we were doing. We were crafting Hello June's positioning and none of that copy is external. That's not really my business's messaging, but in pursuing what makes Hello June unique, like what makes Jen as a person unique from any other designer out there, we crafted our messaging kind of along the way, you know? So like the positioning definitely came first, but it was almost like we got this bonus tagline that came out of it. We got this bonus IG bio, like all of these things just kind of materialize. I mean, we did a couple of exercises that you guys can take and do if you'd like. We did a values bank exercise where we pulled out values from just a really exhaustive list and then narrowed them down and narrowed them down. Um, We did an exercise where we talked about words and phrases that we liked for Hello June and words and phrases that we didn't like for Hello June. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we did an exercise about like, what does the Hello June brand physically feel like? And we kind of came up with this idea of driving with the top down, warm sun on your face, wind in your hair, we played around with the word hello. Like it's the feeling of saying hello to a stranger who doesn't feel like a stranger. They feel like a friend. Like, you know, those types of things where like, I haven't really used that copy anywhere. I should, I should use it on my website actually, yeah. <laughs> um, or in, in content, but like that, I don't know. They kind of like kind of morphed together a little bit, but it was the positioning that informed those words yes. and phrases that then became my messaging. It was actually a really cool process. Yeah. And it really is. And that's where, right? Like take note of as you're developing your positioning, as you're researching it, take note of all of that. Because I agree, like it was very similar for us where we ended up getting so many messaging pieces out of our exploration. And a fun side note too that I'll say is as you're going through your positioning, look at some of those words and start asking what that means for you, right? So you know, a lot of people might say, okay, I want my clients to feel empowered. And that's such a great strong word, but in a sense too, what does that mean for you specifically? And what does that mean for your clients specifically? And that just basically can bring on a whole new trail of thoughts and research and a greater depth into, you know, clarity for your positioning, but also clarity for your messaging. So anyways, just a thought there. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's the same way that we do when we're developing brand identities, right? Like yes, what clean means to me might not be what clean means to my client. I use the word clean because every client, I feel like since the history of time has wanted their branding to look <laughs> yeah. clean. And so it's like, okay, yeah. well, let's explore more about what that word means right. to you. And of course, coming yeah. from a journalism background, I would have minored in English if I had you know, gotten my butt up and done enough, you know, uh, classes to like fill that minor. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm 
fascinated by the intersection of how words and design combine because any design process starts with a brief, a strategy, a creative direction, whatever it is you want to call it. However much or however little you do, you start with a conversation with your client, whether that's through a questionnaire or a call or both. And so I feel like it's similar here where you start by doing a big brain dump. You brainstorm Mm -hmm. with a team member, with a friend, with, you know, your copywriter and you kind of pull out, oh wait, I like that phrase or, oh, I think that's really cool. It's like boiling everything down into the essence of who you are. And I feel like that is positioning and that is messaging as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about attracting high ticket clients with your premium positioning, which is, I believe the title that you pitched us with when you, you know, wanted to become a guest on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So intrigued. So I know that positioning relates to the type of client that comes your way and Mm -hmm. whether high ticket, high value, whatever that looks like for you guys. I would love to learn more about what you, how you define premium positioning and kind of what that journey has looked like for you guys over time, attracting higher ticket clients. Because I think that's the question of the hour is where are the high ticket clients? Where are they hiding? Where can I find them? Yeah. So the cool thing about positioning, right, is that it really plays out in twofold scenarios, right? It gives you a place where you can actually start to eliminate your competition. And then it also gives you a sales advantage. And so to break those down a little bit more with the competition, right? It's instead of being looked at as saying, okay, I am, you know, or a client looks at you and says, okay, they're just a designer. There's a ton of designers, you know, they're all kind of doing the similar work. I don't know how to differentiate them, right? That's where it kind of can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just getting trapped in this sea of competition versus where they look at you and they say, oh my gosh, this is the designer that was marked out for me and my project. Like this is the person who is the expert in this. They are the ones to solve my exact problems and I have to work with them. And so, right, it it eliminates that competition because you're positioned in a way where your client sees you as the expert and really the only choice to work with for that specific project and their specific project. But yeah, so it gives you a sales advantage as well because then as you are able to eliminate the competition, as your clients are looking at you as the only option to work with, then it gives you a place to charge those higher ticket prices with confidence because you are the expert in that realm. And also you are providing just truly those value driven offers, right? Like there's so much, again, kind of looping back to positioning is about them as well. And it's about the value that you're providing them and the value that you're providing your clients. And when we look at it as that, rather than just solely deliverables, it gives us that confidence to charge those higher ticket prices. If anyone is curious about what value-based pricing is, that's what value-based pricing is. Yes. <laughs> you know, like that, you hit the nail on the head. And I feel like value-based pricing and premium positioning are so intertwined. I would love to share a quick story about a call that I had today. It's actually with a past ah. client. She is one of those, I mean, if you want to say quote unquote, higher ticket clients, I don't really, you know, like it, 
it's like high ticket compared to what, you know, like one right. person's high ticket could be high ticket to someone else. But I think everyone knows what we're saying. You know, we're talking in the, the four or five figure like yes. projects, you know? Um, and she was telling me about a problem that she has in her business. That's finding the right people. We were talking about hiring. We were just chit-chatting. She's gonna, she did full branding and strategy with me. She's going to be doing web design in the new year, which is exciting. But beyond that, we were just like chit-chatting about hiring. And she's like, you know what? The hardest thing for me has just been finding the right people. It hasn't mm-hmm. been the financial side. It hasn't been, oh my goodness, my margins. You know, It's like, how do I find someone that fits in with my values and my vision for my business? I mean, she's talking about mm-hmm. hiring a full-time interior designer for her team. I mean, she's got a team of like eight people now, you know, so she's, she's seasoned in this, in this area, but she was like, yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge for me. And, and I feel like what you were saying, Liz, with uncovering the problems Mm -hmm. of those clients and then speaking directly to them, that can be positioning too. And so, you know, I've been crafting content around like that problem of like, are you struggling to find the right person to fit this challenge of mm-hmm. reinvigorating your brand? Or, you know, have you been looking at potentially hiring a creative director? Have you considered using a subcontract designer to come in and be your creative director for a few months? Right. You know, like that is speaking directly to that person's problem. That's not the first time I've yes. heard that from someone. And so going all the way back to being curious, listening to your clients, marketing towards the types of problems that you want to be solving rather than yeah. marketing towards the problems of clients that might be younger in their businesses and not able to afford some more of those higher ticket projects. Yes. That is yeah. a really big thing that I'm sure you have seen as well with mm-hmm. designers who are newer in business. They will create content for people who do not have the budget to work with right. a custom designer right. and are probably better suited for you know, an Etsy logo or a show it template or something Mm -hmm. that will get them to where they need to go without them having to invest an arm and a leg, you know? So when you start shifting your conversation from those clients, I mean, if you want to be targeting newer people to business, then target those people. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, it's about, okay, where are the higher ticket clients hiding? are you talking to them? Can they see themselves in your messaging? Um, And so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because I was like, I heard that from her and I was like, oh yeah, like I know that that's a problem that she experiences. And I can assume based off of my previous conversations that that is a problem that potential clients who haven't booked with me yet are going to be attracted to and learn, wanting to learn more about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Calling forth those people and having those conversations, right? Like people may not see the value in design and, and that's okay too. Right. And, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's having those conversations of, right. There's, there's a cost to everything. There's a cost to not investing in design and being able to have that problem solved. Mm -hmm. And rather than looking at it as a cost on the flip side, I mean, it is a cost in a sense, but it's also, it's that investment. It's that investment to say, okay, we are going to solve your problems so that, you know, you can reach your goals in your business so that you can, you know, whatever the outcome is, right? And that may be, that's going to be a different outcome for each person, but it's really, it's speaking to that of, okay, let's look at the the problems and really speak into how we are going to solve that and provide value to you and your business. Yeah. 
And I mean, like we could go down this road of like, what is the value of branding? With web, it's a little easier, especially with e-commerce. You have hard data that you can pull. You can look at traffic, but I don't know, website traffic, I feel like just isn't a great accurate representation of the value of a website, especially at least in my, you know, positioning and niche. I work with creative service providers and a lot of their leads come from referrals or people who are Mm -hmm. not finding them through cold Google traffic, you know? So I think asking past clients, Hey, like how has my work for you impacted your business over the past six months? I have a six month and one year check-in that I do with past clients where I get those really hard hitting testimonials about, Mm -hmm. I had the confidence to open an online shop or like, I am so excited about new clients coming to me, trusting me and not pushing back on price. Like those are just two pieces of how much value someone can see from investing in design. I mean, we could talk about perceived value, people not pushing back on price, charging higher prices, more revenue. Because eventually... As much as we want to be flowery and be like, oh, you're so confident now. Like, you're so great. Yeah, that's, that is wonderful. It is amazing. But like people will make business investments that they know or they hope to see back. And that's the risk. That's why we don't charge the full value of what someone could hope to see. Like if someone wants to see $100,000 from working with you and we could guarantee that, our services would cost $100,000 or $99,000. You know what I mean? Because there's such little risk. The risk is in the client trusting you mm-hmm. to you know, provide the stepping stone that they can build off of and see that ROI. You know, And it's just, yeah. it's a nebulous thing and it's hard to talk about. It gets easier with practice, but I love how this conversation has morphed from positioning to value-based pricing, to pitching, to... I I feel like it's all so intimately intertwined. They really are. They really are. And yeah, I mean, I love what you said, right? Like the more you dive into it, the more you explore all these different areas, the the easier it becomes, right? Like it can feel... I remember when we first started and looking at all these things and just being so overwhelmed by all of it. But really it is just taking that one step after a time. One phrase that I just love, I probably say it too often, but you can't climb Everest, you know, in an hour, right? And so in a similar way, it's just taking one step after the next. And, you know, before you know it, you'll feel that sense in yourself and in your business of, okay, I'm starting to gain more clarity on what this all means and how this plays out in my business. Yeah. It's like a bunch of different lines getting closer and closer and closer together. Of course, I'm thinking of a visual metaphor here. Lines getting closer and closer together and then converging to a point where you're like light bulb moment. Yeah. Okay. Things are clicking. They're making sense. And your Everest metaphor is, is perfect. You know, you guys know our tagline, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. You know, like I... I'm constantly wanting to achieve so much more than I have the time capacity for as a mom of a toddler and having a reduce our work week and stuff like that. Like I'm always beating myself up for not having, you know, built an entire new business in like another day, you know, but I zooming out and hearing it from you too, Liz, it's just like, it makes me feel calm and like the Mm -hmm. sense of peace to know like, okay, like one step 
in front of the other, mm-hmm. just be better than I was yesterday. Maybe jot down a few notes after a discovery call. What did the client say to you? Why did they reach out to yeah. you? You know, start a a list, just a brain dump list in your Notion or Notes app um, about phrases and words that you relate to as a designer. You know, um, I feel like over time, your positioning will reveal itself. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the craziest processes I feel like I've ever gone through. And now that I know that it has been formed just really organically and authentically, I know it's going to last because it's not a label that I've slapped on my business, which is what it was in the beginning. And that's okay. It -hmm. feels different now. And I'm sure it feels the same way for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where, right, because there's so much that is personally intertwined with us as people. And so I think it it feels so different than, you know, if you're positioning for, say, a bigger brand, I think there's a lot more nuances to look at as far as, okay, how are we actually relating this brand to the person? And maybe there are, you know, there's there's the strategy and research, but we're looking at it maybe a little differently then also when it when it comes to us because we're so personally intertwined of course with our own businesses and that's the beauty of it but it also can be one of the biggest challenges of it yes exactly so to wrap up our conversation what is your best advice for a designer who feels unclear about who they are and who they serve and is looking to find that unique premium positioning Yeah, it's such a good question. I think just take the time to dive into this yourself, right? Like we've been talking about this so much on the episode, which I love, and just really take the time to start researching, start jotting down notes, start looking at, okay, what is, you know, unique about my background or my approach or what makes me unique? Your personality, right? My personality you know, just start having kind of that brain dump session with, you know, jotting everything down and, and starting to research that of course, right. There's the aspect of researching into the, your client's pain points and what they're looking for. What is the value that you provide them? And then just start to, if you can, you know, right. Like narrow that down and get it to a point that feels you know, like we've been saying all along, that just feels really aligned and like it clicks and makes sense for your business. And once you get there, right, it provides, like there's just such this sense of, I think, relief in a way that, you know, because it does then just provide you that clarity for how you want to show up and how you want to message yourself. Um, yes. But right, like, and I guess last note that I'll say is, is there's the process of, strategy, right? Like you were talking about strategy, whether it's this broad thing that you do and big thing or this small thing that you do, you know, we all start with, with that strategy with our clients. And so often when it comes to our own businesses, we don't take the time to do that for ourselves. And so I think there is that point of just pausing, carving out space for your business, carving out space for yourself to say, okay, I'm going to go through this process for myself. And the time that I take to invest in my business is not wasted. You know, it will return back. Yeah. Usually tenfold. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love everything you said. That like, you know, one thing that I'll just add on top of it. Yeah. If you're a listener out there and feeling like, oh, the design world's so saturated or there's nothing unique about me, I'm gonna challenge that. Yes. There's only one you in the world. Like that's pretty crazy. And 
there's definitely only one of your businesses mm-hmm. unless someone is stealing your your EIN or something. You know, like you are unique. There are yes. so many things about you that nobody else can do things from your life experience that no one else has gone through good or bad. You know, like there are people that you've met and experiences you've had and places you've traveled and your childhood or whatever that looks like your education, like all of those things lead into you being just a unique human being that is worthy of so much. And so like, I just remember that feeling of being a newer designer and thinking like, nah, there's nothing like I do the same things everyone else. Like there's nothing unique about me, you know, like yes. throw that out the window, dude, you are amazing. You know, just like, you know, let us encourage you because like, if I had just thought that I wasn't that unique at all, like I probably would have eventually just quit because like, yeah, now I'm so excited to sell to clients, to create content, like all of that. I'm so energized because I know at my core, I'm the only one who is doing things exactly in the way that I am. The only designer who is going to craft things and design things and think of color palettes in the way that I am. And each one of you listening right now are the exact same way. So let us encourage you. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your courses, hilocourses.com. Tell us how we can find you, what's included, who it's for. Um, Give us the pitch. Yes. Oh, so Hilo Courses is for brand and web designers, really creatives, where we are going to look at your positioning. We're going to look at um, your position. I guess I'm jumping ahead, but this is really for our coaching program, our one-on-one coaching um, program. It's called Designed for This um, because you are designed for this, right? Like you are designed for running your business with just so much confidence and clarity. And so it is a six-month program where we are going to um, look at your positioning, look at how you want to show up and how that plays out in in the practicals of your business, right? Negotiating and sales calls and pricing yourself, um, getting to the nitty gritty of pricing and just all those different aspects that it comes with running your business. And so, yeah, I'm super excited for that. It's um, officially launching pretty soon here. So depending on when you're listening, yeah, super excited for that. But Design for This is our coaching and one-on-one program. And then we also have a self-paced course. It's called The Brand Designer. And this is really looking at positioning as well. <laughs> I love positioning. Everything can you tell? Positioning. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is, is really looking at it more for how can we position our clients, right? And so there's a lot of that self-paced course that is looking at how we can position our clients to truly stand out to their target audience and truly resonate with, you know, in the hearts and minds of their audience. Yeah. And then we have some workshops that are going on. They're the Dream Bigger and Thrive Workshop. And yeah, those we have live events. They're live three-day events, but also we're going to make that available um, all, you know, continuous pretty soon here. So you'll have the option to join in whether it's on demand or in a live 
you know, three-day setting for those workshops. So different options for people to join in, but you can find all that at Hilo, yeah, hilocourses.com and on our Instagram, which is at Hilo Designs. Awesome. All of those links are going to be in the episode description. So if you guys are interested in being coached by Liz, you've gotten a little bit of a sense of her perspective and her positioning, which is kind of cool. Definitely go check her out. We're just really excited to, you know, be able to feature this stuff and to support other designers and, you know, our audience, like you guys listening, you know, you guys, you just are constantly in search of how to make yourselves better one day at a time. See what I did there, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Love Um, it. Yes. Yeah. Go check that stuff out. Okay. We're going to wrap up with our inbox question. Stevie Moval asks, how do you break into a new niche? I have a steady clientele from a specific industry and would like to shift into different industries, but I don't know how to make the jump without having all the contacts. I feel like this is a great question for you, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can be a a hard jump for sure, but I think it really does come, you know, again, kind of one step at a time, but really looking at okay, how, what type of clients do I want to attract and how can I start speaking to them directly, right? Like we were saying, speaking to the pain points and how we're going to solve their problems and also showcasing that in your portfolio. And gosh, one of the best ways to do that too is through passion projects, right? Um, you know, if you want to attract a certain type of client and you don't have work that reflects that, passion projects are a great way to show that because then you are speaking the language through your verbal messaging, through the written messaging. You know, you're showcasing that in portfolio pieces that showcase the type of work that you can do within the industry that you want to to get into. And then from there, right? Like when you start to make that entrance into the market that you want to start working in, ask for referrals, you know, make those connections, ask for referrals. And it's just amazing how things start to spider web out from there. I love that. You have to ask for the clients that you want. You have yeah. to, you know, you yeah. have to be okay with stepping into something new and trying yeah. something, being being curious. I think I said the word curious like 10 times this episode of the drinking <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, I love the answer. Didn't have anything yeah. to add. I think that was awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, it truly means the world for our guests to be donating their time to be with us here and to help, you know, share some actionable advice for you guys. I'm just so grateful that we got to connect Liz and I'm definitely going to be picking your brain all about working with your husband. We were chatting about that before we hopped on the recording. (laughs) My husband is joining the Hello June team guys. And so, you know, there's of course like unique challenges there. And, you know, I know that your husband has moved on to some newer, exciting things, but you have that experience under your belt. So that could be a whole other podcast episode. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. We ran our business together for, yeah, eight years, which has been so fun. And it's all good things, right? Like (laughs) if anyone's listening, like, wait, why did he step away? All good things. We're so excited for the new chapter for him, but I loved working with my husband. Um, And it just came with learning things too, right? Like learning how to operate. But yes, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) I know. Well, if you guys are interested in following Liz on Instagram, it's Designs on Instagram. I'm sure you can find everything else there. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Gosh, thank you so much. I just so appreciate this and 
Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.